Boy, it's going to be good to see you folks. You know, I, um, I'm sure we'll be seeing each other before we'll be hugging one another, but it will be sure nice to see you folks in, in flesh and blood. I'm starting to, uh, I'm starting to understand uh, Thomas, Didymus, right? When uh, other people had seen Jesus, but he hadn't. And he said, you know, unless I see the holes, unless I feel the marks, you know, unless I see where the, the, the spear pierced his side, I'm not going to believe. I understand that a little bit more about this uh, seeing as believing. I can see your names, can, can see your faces. Hey, Justy, but uh, be nice to see you in person really well. Just to give you an update with the family, Bev, Karen, and I are still alive and well. We're treating one another well, trying to find our own routine at home. Trust you folks are finding that at home too, whether that's combined with some work and just family life. But uh, good to see everybody online. Um, I, I want you to take your Bibles today and go to John 12. I hinted to the Bible study group on Wednesday that the end of the Bible study uh, indicated where I would be going uh, this morning. And so it's John 12, verses uh, 32 and 33. And uh, we're going to talk about lifting Jesus higher today. And I have a little bit of a story to kind of introduce that to us. At the end of the message, we're going to do communion together. Got my cup got my bread with me and so we'll do that so don't forget to get your uh you know your glass your cup your cracker your piece of bread whatever you're using today hey joel good to see everybody so um like i just like to ramble on to be honest um just to feel like we're conversing back and forth because uh, i'm missing you hopefully you're missing us but uh greeting from the horner family and from the demore family and everybody else in our board uh, just brief update. Um, we're doing our best to keep things rolling here as a church. And uh, that's probably about the, the briefest update you can get. Uh, you know, we're just making sure that everything that needs to be cared for is being cared for. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing that needs to be cared for is the church family. Again, let us know if there's somebody that you think is out of touch or is lonely or something like that and we'll do our very best to call we realize physical is limited but we'll do our best to call yeah we're all missing normal life we're all missing one another yeah it's it, it's really different it's um i wake up every morning and think that maybe this is just a dream and today will be you know back to normal and uh, i think we're all gonna be saying uh, or having a new phrase right you know, before before the pandemic or the before time or something like that, we're gonna pick up on a on a phrase that uh, describes this period of time that isn't over and probably won't be for a little while uh, longer. But uh, anyways, we'll persevere, right? So, um, communion at the end, John twelve, right now, and uh, I wanna I wanna just read the text for you. There's a whole lot that happens before this. It's the Passover week. It's at the end of the Passover week, uh, just like we are right now, right? And um, Jesus is in Bethany with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Lazarus has been raised from the dead. Remember that happened back in John 11. And so we're in John 12. And uh, people are, are gathered at this meal that uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus have put on for Jesus. It's a meal for him. Uh, heading towards the Passover. And people are there for two reasons. Uh, they want to see Jesus, uh, this miracle guy. And to be honest, there's a fascination with the fact that Lazarus has been raised from the dead. People know that he died. People knew that he was in the tomb. 
and they know that he's walking around now. And so um, he's a bit of a sideshow. People just want to point and say, hey, he was dead and he's alive again. So people have gathered for for a couple of uh, a couple of uh, reasons here. And um, there's this wonderful outpouring of love that we're going to see in a minute when the expensive perfume is poured on Jesus' feet. But uh, I'll get to that in a sec. Let me just read the text, the stuff that I, I want you to uh, to focus on. John writes this, And I, speaking of Jesus, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. And it says in verse 33 that he said this to show the kind of death that he was going to die. So when I be lifted up, I will draw all people unto me. When I first got saved, now remember, when I got saved, I was in my early 20s. I was in my uh, last year of university. I was in my early 20s. And so everything in the church was new to me. All the songs, everything was new to me, right? I didn't know a thing. No church background, really, at all. So we're, we're singing this song uh, in Sudbury in my, uh, you know, what would become my home church in Sudbury. Lift Jesus higher, lift Jesus higher, lift him up for the world to see. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Now, because we can be a little interactive here, all of you that know that song, hit a like, right? Lift Jesus higher, lift Jesus higher. If you were saved in the 70s and in the 80s, you should know this chorus. You sang this chorus. Okay, so I see some likes coming my way. So, you know, I'm like everybody else that's a, that's a, that's a new Christian. Uh, pastor's up there leading the song, and I'm singing the song. I'm not thinking about where it's founded in the Bible. I'm just singing the song, Lift Jesus Higher. And to me, lift Jesus higher means that, uh, you know, make him better known, right? Give him a platform. Make sure people know about Jesus. Then as I, I got discipled a little bit, I realized that that song was founded in this passage of Scripture. And I'm reading verse 33, and it talks about, and this indicated, right, the kind of death that he would die, meaning crucifixion, meaning that Jesus would be lifted high on a cross. And because he would be lifted high or elevated on a cross and put to death, people would be drawn to him. Now, again, the back part of that, I, I, at the time, I didn't understand all the theology. But all of a sudden, the song became offensive to me. Because to lift Jesus higher meant to put him on a cross. So I quit singing the song. And, uh, you know, even to this day, I got it in my notes here, uh, you know, on my left. But even to this day, you know, I, I don't think too much about that song. And I know the song is passe. You know, songs tend to have a lifespan. And we don't sing that anymore. But I found the song really offensive because it was like, well, why would we want to put Jesus back on the cross? Right? We don't want to do that. We don't want to lift Jesus higher. I don't want to, I don't want to be thinking about Jesus dying on the cross. Especially because I know it was my sins that, that put him there. So, you know, as a new Christian, it, it, it just kind of became an offensive song to me. And, you know, and I worked through that, right? I worked through that. I'm not in the same place that I was back in 1981, 1982, when I was a brand new Christian. But I'm, I'm drawn to this text again because um, it just seems so relevant today. Now, again, Scripture is always relevant. I get that. Scripture is always relevant. 
But it just, it just seems so important these days, right, that we lift Jesus higher, that we, we make sure that there's a platform to make Jesus known. And we might feel right now that our platform has shrunk a little because, you know, we're online and uh, we're in our homes and we're walking around our fence, backyards, those kinds of things. And, um, you know, we might feel like it's a little bit harder, you know, to, to lift Jesus up. But you know, and I know that people are watching online, you know that, and I know that people are paying attention to what's going on. Uh, there's some scary stuff. People are wondering if this is a precursor to the end times. And even if you're not a Christian, everybody seems to know about the end times, right? Apocalyptic stuff, and this feels a little bit like that. So they're wondering about that, and some of them are probably conversing with you on the phone or, you know, online some way, social media about that. So we have an opportunity to lift Jesus higher. You know, we're not putting him back on the cross. Raised from the dead on, on Sunday morning, right? We'll celebrate that in a couple of days' time. But we have this opportunity to lift Jesus higher. So that's good. But, but what I want to talk about is, well, how are, how are all people drawn to him through the crucifixion? Because if you look in your notes there, if you look in your, your, your uh, scripture, it says this. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. I will draw all people to myself. So I want to look here about, you know, how, how, is, how are people drawn to Jesus through the cross? Or better spoken, through the preaching of the cross, right? Because Good Friday is all about Jesus dying. Jesus died for a reason. Um, you know, we know he was resurrected for a reason, but we also know that he died for a reason. So let me just uh, take a, a, a wide paintbrush here and let me just paint the background uh, for you before we get to the foreground and uh, the significance of what this means. So if, if you read in John chapter 12, you recognize that it's six days before the Passover. Jesus is in Bethany, uh, you know, with his disciples, at least with some of them. And uh, there's a meal being put on in his uh, honor. And then it says something um, as you're just reading through the first few verses that Mary, Mary takes this bottle of really expensive perfume. It's called pure nard in, um, in some of the, uh, the English translations. And it's worth a year's wages. Now think about that. If you're a student and you're making $5,000 a year, so that's, that's, that bottle to you is worth $5,000. Um, if, if you're uh, you know, wealthier, that, that bottle's worth a lot more money. I, I'm sure that when John wrote this, it was the idea of the average laborer's you know, yearly income. Wouldn't be the, like, at one end or the other, somewhere in the middle. And so... For an average person in those days, his yearly income, it would take all of that money to buy this bottle of perfume. And she opens the perfume and she pours it all over Jesus' feet. And then she wipes it with her hair. Now, there's all kinds of things I could say about that, about, uh, you know, the custom of hospitality, of making sure that your invited guests have clean feet when they came in. But usually a servant did that with some water. It wasn't like a year's wages bottle of perfume and certainly not done with your hair. So obviously Mary probably had some really long, beautiful hair. She pours this perfume on and she begins to wipe 
his feet. Seems like a really strange scene. If that happened in one of our churches today, I would call two ushers down to the front and we would have you escorted out as quietly as possible because we don't do that in a dignified church, correct? Like we don't do stuff like that. That's, that's crazy stuff. So I'm with Judas on this, right? Judas then jumps up and says, hey, that's a waste. Like that, that, that could have been sold and, and the money could have been given to the poor. Now there's a little note after that where John calls Judas out and that he was a thief and he didn't mean that at all. Just kind of a self-righteous act or moment there. But I mean, that just seems like some really weird stuff going on. So all that's going on in sense in the background, um, but not really the background. Like that's important stuff. And like I said, I could probably preach on that for a while. But Jesus says this, let's get to the message here. Jesus says this, that I will draw all people to myself. When I'm put up on the cross, when I'm crucified, when I die for the sins of the world, I will draw all people to myself. So on Good Friday, this is what we're focused on, that Jesus is drawing people to himself through his death. Now, I think the one thing that I want to say before I get quickly to my three points is that Jesus doesn't tell us that he will draw people to himself because he loves everybody a whole bunch. In this world of universal faith and belief, it seems like the only message that matters, right, is that, uh, you know, Muhammad loves you, Allah loves you, Jesus loves you, whatever other belief system you have, you know, whatever that deity or God or goddess is, they love you, and that's all that matters. What draws us together is that some God or gods love us. Jesus doesn't say that there. It's very conspicuous that he doesn't say that I'm going to draw the people of the planet to me through my um, extraordinary love. Now, his extraordinary love is demonstrated on the cross, right? For God so loved the world. But it, it's not just that he's a friendly guy. It's not just that he's a happy guy. It's not that he just teaches being nice to one another, love one another. It's not that he's got good teachings about interpersonal relationships and how to diffuse bad situations. It's not even through my miracles I will draw all people to myself, which is interesting because one of the reasons why so many people gathered in Bethany is they wanted to see Lazarus walking around, right? They, a miracle had happened. And so they were drawn to the scene to see Jesus and to see Lazarus. But Jesus doesn't say that it's those things, my teaching, my love, my warmth, my personality, my miracles. He doesn't say it's those things that are going to draw people to me. He says, when I be lifted up, I will draw all people unto me. And so it's through his, it's through his crucifixion, it's through his death, it's through his shed blood, and that's why we talk about this important stuff on Good Friday, that Jesus says that he's going to draw all people to us. So let me just highlight that, what that means to us. So number one, when Jesus says that I will draw all people to myself, he is telling us that on the cross, that sin is dealt with once and for all, that Jesus died for all humankind, and that the penalty of sin is paid and that the judgment for our sin is accomplished. Now, I said a lot there. Let me just abbreviate a little bit. Jesus is saying that when I die on the cross, I will take sin and the punishment for sin upon myself, and the death that I die to it, all people will die to it, those who believe in me. So sin is dealt with through his sacrificial death in his body 
and shed blood on the cross. Uh, how can I explain that to you in a verse? Romans 6 and 23 maybe is the, is the easiest one. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6, 23. So Jesus is reminding us is that because sin is out there and because we're sinners, death will come. But he's going to die so that the, the physical death that comes to us eventually will one day turn into eternal life. Because Paul's going to teach us later on uh, to be absent from the body for the believer is to be present with Jesus. So Jesus is going to make it possible for all who believe in him um, to have their sins wiped away, uh, to have whatever blocked them from their relationship with God called sin to be removed. The wages of sin is death. We all deserve to die, but Jesus is going to die in our place, and he's going to create a pathway to God uh, for us through his shed blood. So that's point number one. Point number two is this. The cross gives a person a place to look and understand when we were reconciled to God, when peace was made with God. When was peace made with God? Well, corporately, Peace was made with God when Jesus died on the cross. If you go to Romans uh, chapter 5, verses 10, 11, it clearly tells us this. For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved, shall we be saved through his life, meaning Jesus' life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So we have peace with God now, not because I said, hey, God, I want, I want you to like me and I want to like you. Peace is possible with God because Jesus died on the cross for us. And Romans chapter 5, verses 10 and 11 tells us that we were reconciled, meaning we were made right with God through Jesus' death on the cross. Not through his miracles, not through his teaching, not even through his warmth, the warmth of his personality. That's not how we were reconciled to God. We were reconciled to God through Christ's death on the cross, through his physical body suffering for us, his blood being shed. So our sin is dealt with, and now because of that, we have peace with God. But there's one other thing that I want to focus on. How can we um, lift Jesus up? How, how are people drawn to him through the cross? It says this, in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, that we are justified by grace through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Back in the good old days, meaning several thousand years ago, uh, the Jews thought they had a corner on God. And anybody else that wanted to know God had to become a Jew. And so there were, you know, cultural barriers, language barriers, um religious barriers, even in the temple, right? Men got closer if you were a Jew, women secondary and Gentiles don't get too close. God might strike you dead. So there are all kinds of barriers. So now Jesus is telling us that we are drawn to him by faith. It, it doesn't matter if you're a male or female, young or old. It doesn't matter what your religious background is. It doesn't matter if you have a religious background. It doesn't matter how sinful you are because your sins have been dealt with, right? The wages of sin is death, 
but Jesus has died in your place. Uh, you realize you are an enemy with God, uh, you know, and God treated us as enemies in some ways because there are a lot of us that, you know, we had no use for God or anybody that liked God, but now we've been reconciled through Christ's physical body, his death on the cross. And um, now by faith, we can call a Jesus Lord and we can call his father, our heavenly father. Um, it, it's not about your background. It's not about your culture. It's not about your language. It's not about how religious or irreligious you were. It's all about faith in Jesus Christ. And we are now made one with Christ because of faith. And that's the gospel now. So our job is now that Jesus has been lifted up and crucified on the cross. Our job now, our responsibility as Christ followers is to go out there and lift him up. Tell somebody about Jesus. Tell somebody about why Jesus died on the cross, why he was willing to go to the cross, why, you know, Mary prepared him with perfume for his funeral that day. What, what was that all about? Jesus knew he was going to die. Mary must have had some hint of the Holy Spirit as well to pour the perfume on him, to prepare his body, uh, you know, not just as a guest, but it was a funeral preparation we see later on that it's explained to us that way. Why is Jesus' death so important? Because without his death, we are still dead in trespasses and sins. Uh, we are still the enemies of God. We are not reconciled with him. And we're going to be trying to work our way to heaven when we don't need to work our way to heaven. Newsflash, you don't need to work your way to heaven. You need to trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior by grace through faith. It's not of works. It's the gift of God. Why? Because if we think we can get to God on our own or be righteous on our own, then we boast about it. It's something that we've done. But the crucifixion, on that Passover tells us that God has done for us, God has done this for us, pardon me, in Jesus Christ. So that's the point there of, of the Passover. That's the point of Jesus saying, I will draw people to myself. But unless we do our jobs, folks, unless we do our, our part of it, right? In a sense, Jesus dies for too few, not enough. Our responsibility, even in these days of being physically distanced, is to make Jesus known, to lift him up. Jesus didn't say, lift me up when, you know, everything's going well, technology is fine, the planet's fine. Jesus said, lift me up. The early church had to lift Jesus up through all kinds of problems, persecution. There was a, a famine in the land uh, in, in the early days of the church. All kinds of obstacles. We are facing all kinds of obstacles today. For you frontline workers, when you're going into... Um, into battle, into the war, you've got people working around you, right, that are probably more nervous than you because they don't have the faith that you have in Jesus Christ to take care of you. And in the busyness, even if you can't share with them a lot, they see, they hear you. Um, those of us that are staying at home and doing our part at home, we still have relatives that need to know about Jesus. They have questions about, hey, what's going on? Does the Bible speak about this? we can be sharing with them as well. You know, this this isn't the tribulation, but for some of us, it feels like it. And so we can talk to them about this, you know, where it's just another reminder that the things that we, we build our lives on, our jobs, our money, uh, and all that, it's interesting, right? How like that, the portfolio's down, like that, the job's gone, like that, the income that we thought was assured is gone. So we need to keep lifting Jesus higher. We have a faith in him. We have a confidence in him. He's going to take care of us, and we can tell others that Jesus will take care of them as well if they put their trust in him. If they confess their sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us of their sins and to cleanse us 
from all unrighteousness, just like he did for us, he'll do for them. So that's why Passover is significant. That's why Good Friday is significant. Um, that's why we take time every Good Friday, um, you know, to remind ourselves of the death uh, of Jesus Christ. But it shouldn't just be a Good Friday thing. We have a faith, God. We, ha- we have a faith, folks, even in the bad times, right? Our, our faiths are being tested, but we have a faith that's strong, it's confident in Jesus Christ. And in the midst of all of this, in the midst of all this, while well, you're taking care of yourself, and you ought to, and God's taking care of you, and, and he promises to, again, go read Psalm 91. Let's remember that there are others out there that are nervous, that are worrying, that, uh, that need some stability. But more than that, they need the stability that comes from Christ and the peace that comes from Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's let's do the Lord's table together. I've got my bread, I've got my cracker, I've got my my juice, and I'm going to read to you from from 1 Corinthians 11. You can follow along if you want. You got your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 11 verses 23 to 26, and I'm going to read a little and then we're going to partake together and then we're going to close in prayer. So the apostle Paul is writing the Corinthian church in and in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, the Apostle Paul says this, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. So Paul says, I got this directly from Jesus. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he broke it, uh, pardon me, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. So let's partake of the bread today and let's remember Jesus. Verse 25. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's partake of the cup together. Trust you're able to do that at home with your family, hopefully with a loved one. It reminds us of this. The bread and the juice remind us of not just what happened in the past, but it's a reminder that Jesus is with us today in, in some spiritual sense, in some real sense, Jesus is with us today and we take the cup and we take the bread and we remember that Jesus said, you know, eat my flesh, drink my blood. And we know that was symbolic. We know that was metaphor, but it was about talking about his life. The cup and the bread remind us about the life of Christ in us. But he also tells us a little bit later on that, you know, that he's not going to partake of it again until he comes. And so it's a promise for the future that he gave his life but he's coming again. He was crucified and he was resurrected and he's coming back for us. But the bread and the cup remind us of his life in us today. It's not just a 2000 year look back, but the life of the spirit, the life of the person of God in us today. So don't forget that he's with you in a very real and tangible way. And that bread and that cup remind you about that. And so I hope that's meaningful for you today. God bless you. Um, let me just pray. And then a couple of closing remarks and uh, 
I'll try to end in time so Pastor Adam can do a good edit on this. Father, uh, I just thank you for each one that's watching. And uh, I thank you for every person they represent in their home. And I pray for their families. And uh, during that first Passover, uh, way back in uh, Exodus 12, uh, the Jews were reminded that the angel of death passed over them, passed by them, because they were the children of God. They were the covenant children of God. And I just pray today, I pray that exact same thing, that, uh, Lord, the death that is uh, happening so much in our world today would pass over your people, would pass by your people, that you would protect them and keep them safe. Help us to be a powerful force for lifting Jesus higher not just in this difficult time, but in the times to come. Let us learn from this. There are lessons to be learned here about our faith and our church. Help us to learn from this and to let others know. I pray for everybody that's watching that maybe doesn't know Christ as the Lord and Savior. They understand that Jesus died for them. He died on the cross for them so that their sins could be dealt with, so they could be reconciled with God, so that they could come to, to God by faith, not by religion, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So I pray for that, I, and I pray a blessing on each life and each home in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless every one of you. Uh, we didn't do much in the way of announcements today. We'll, we'll do a little bit on Sunday, uh, but we just want you to know that if you need to reach out to us, do that through our cell phones or texts or, or emails or an old-fashioned phone call. Um, we want to be there for you as best we possibly can during this uh, physical distancing uh, we want to make sure that we feel like the church family. Uh, continue to reach out to one another, right? Reach out to one another. Just make sure that God puts somebody on your heart. You reach out to them and you love them and you take care of them as well. The good news is we're going to see you again Sunday morning. We'll have a good resurrection message for you. Something, again, just remind you about the life that we have in Christ and to value that. So God bless you, folks. Bless each and every one of you in Jesus' name. Amen.